I would also like to wish you a happy Mother's Day. Um, some of you call me by different names. Some of you call me Pastor Laura. Some of you call me just Laura. Others call me Mrs. Moffitt in the classroom. And some uh, fun little people in Colorado call me Granny Laura. But I think my favorite nickname was given to me by Howard not long after we married. Uh, he decided that my name was Mama Bear. Yep, he said that, I sh that people should not mess with Mama Bear because when Mama Bears like me feel like their kids might be at risk of being hurt either emotionally or physically, they get super protective. Um, and I will own that. I am a mama bear and I am proud to be one. And I have lots and lots of friends and others in my life that are proud mama bears too. So happy Mother's Day to all the mama bears out there. Moms are nurturers and protectors. They're encouragers and comforters. And they really lead us to live lives worthy of the calling that we have received. And so I like to be that as a mom and I know that my mom is that way. So thank you to all the moms out there. So I think as I was thinking about Mother's Day, what's so unique about moms is the unconditional love that we have for our kids. Because moms literally and physically carry our kids with us, inside us for the first nine months of their lives, they really stay with us in our hearts the rest of their lives. Moms willingly and happily sacrifice hours and hours of sleep, I can't even count the hours, to rock babies, to do homework with them as they get older, to drive them to sports practices and games in all kinds of ridiculous weather conditions and listen to their kids, even their grown-up kids, when they call looking for wisdom and advice because moms are happy to hear from their kids anytime, day or night. And just the sound of a mother's voice can kind of calm us and soothe us. So God really designed moms to be just a small reflection of the wonderful love that God has for all of his children. How fiercely and protectively mama bears love her children is just a fraction of how much God loves all his children. So no matter what we've done, moms still believe in us. Even when we make mistakes, moms tell us to pick up, pick ourselves up and try again. Moms help build our confidence and our perseverance, and they are just so central to who we become as people. So this willingness to build our confidence and help us put things in perspective and keep trying, all those things that moms do for their kids um, is really the heart of the passage that I picked for today um, because it shows kind of the ordinariness of everyday life, which I think is so central to who moms are day in and day out for their kids. We're not airbrushed perfection. We don't live in a land is perfect kind of utopia. 
we live in the everydayness of daily life and it can be messy and it can be full of mistakes and this passage really speaks to that so if you would um, we're going to turn to 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 starting in verse 4 I need to tell you by way of background that this is written by the Apostle Paul who himself was a person who made questionable choices. Uh, he used to persecute uh, Christians before he became one himself, and he tried to get the followers of Jesus arrested. Um, and that caused no small scandal because he was a leading member of the temple, uh, the Sanhedrin, um, and he um, was under suspicion from left and right, no matter where. So then he had the miraculous encounter with God and God changed him dramatically. As a result, many disapproved of him and thought of him as a traitor. In this passage, he uses the word picture of pottery to talk about how we are all ordinary jars of clay. And I think that's a perfect illustration for Mother's Day. So let's look at this passage together. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 4. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also re be revealed in our body. And now I'm going to skip down to verse 16 and read through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I should tell you that there were, in those days, two kinds of pottery. One for the wealthy, much like this fancy marble container that is my mother-in-law's, um, beautiful, shiny, durable, and wonderful. Those were for the wealthy. For the everyday folks, their clay pots looked a little different. They were not as shiny, they were not as durable, they cracked, they got holes in them sometimes. 
but they were very useful and they were plentiful. You could always see jars around the towns at the time that Jesus lived. So Paul uses this jar of clay to talk about us. The interesting thing is that in some ways, although they were not attractive, the clay pots were actually more useful. They were better containers. They stayed cool in the heat and prevented evaporation of liquids in them. And they were lighter and easier to carry than the heavier marble or glass. The only downfall was that the clay pots were a little less durable. They were kind of fragile. They cracked and chipped, and sometimes if they had been banged around or left out in the sun too long or not handled carefully, they could even crack or wear unevenly on one side and they could leak. The mom lesson is ordinary is practical, but it's also fragile. Paul says that he, and by extension you and I, are like the clay pots. He says four specific things about them. The first thing is that we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Paul felt the pressure of doing what God had called him to do, despite the loneliness and the suspicion of people around him about his motives. When he was harassed, rejected, he was chased out of towns, uh, because people wanted to kill him. Um, and just the day-to-day -day pressures. He says, I feel the pressure daily for all the churches. So Paul says, hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Moms say, I know it's hard, but keep going. So the second thing Paul says is that we are perplexed, but not in despair. Paul writes in this letter to the church in Corinth and to his other churches that he doesn't always understand what's going on. Their repeated disagreements and falling for false preachers when they come through, this feeling of being perplexed is kind of our new way of life these days. We don't know when this COVID virus is going to end. We don't know why it's happening. And it's hard to understand how God would allow this to happen without visible means of help. In other times, I'm sure you've also felt perplexed. Like, I just don't get it, God. A friend or a family member gets seriously ill or is diagnosed with a terminal illness. We watch sadly and seeming helplessly as we care for aging parents and grandparents as they decline. We watch marriage struggles around us that we don't seem to know how to help and our children wander off and make bad choices that sometimes grieve us. So Paul says we're perplexed, but not in despair. But the mom lesson is, life isn't always easy or fair, but God loves us, so let's keep going. The third thing that Paul says is that we are persecuted, but not abandoned. Paul certainly was persecuted by Jews and Gentiles. He didn't seem to really fit anywhere. No one really trusted him at first. He was chased out of towns, barely getting away with his life. 
They wanted to stone him to death. Our persecution nowadays is most of the time a little less dramatic than that. It isn't threatening in the same way, but we feel misunderstood sometimes. A friend is disloyal or betrays our confidence. A spouse cheats, a church splits, and we lose dear friends. People whom we trusted turn out to be untrustworthy and hurtful. We feel exhaustion, abandonment, and we just feel that life isn't fair or good sometimes. So Paul says, we're persecuted but not abandoned. Moms say, when others treat us badly, turn the other cheek, trust in God. The fourth and last thing that Paul says is that we are struck down but not destroyed. This is verse 9. Paul was chased by hostile Jews out of one city, and when they caught him, they stoned him and beat him and left him outside the city of Lystra to die. Again, in our lives, there are times when we feel we just don't have the strength to go on. We experience trauma, divorce, death of loved ones, failed relationships, and we just don't think we know how or if we want to keep going. We feel defeated and burnt out and abandoned. We have no stamina or emotional vitality left. So Paul says, struck down, but not destroyed. Moms say, I know it's hard, but keep going. If you'll notice in each of Paul's four statements, the words after the buts, Yes, my fourth graders would be giggling right now because Pastor Laura said, but. In each of the buts, we are not crushed, we are not in despair, we are not abandoned, and we are not destroyed. We may sometimes feel that we are, but Paul, using the metaphor of the pottery, continues to explain the fate of us. The chipped, unattractive, cracked, and wounded clay pots that we are in the verses that follow. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is in, at work in you. Paul says that we are like those clay pots, hard pressed but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. Moms say, life isn't fair, there are challenges, I know it's hard, but I believe in you and God has this. We are like the somewhat dented, not very attractive looking, banged up, bruised and chipped pottery. The pottery that likely no one on earth, given the choice, would choose. But those, us, those cracked pots, those defective pots, they're like us. And that's exactly who God chooses to use as his containers. God chooses us, the ones who have made bad choices, who have suffered disappointments and losses, who sometimes feel abandoned and lonely, 
and we feel that we are in a dark place sometimes. And yet, he wants us to be beautiful vessels in our ordinariness to carry around the good news of God's love. It's precisely because of the dents and the cracks and the imperfections in us that God's love and light can shine through. And that we are leaky, ordinary on the outside looking and imperfect containers. And that's exactly why God can best use us. Our imperfections allow his perfections to shine through. It is precisely because we are imperfect, not airbrushed, perfect, when we are hurt and vulnerable that people get to see us, not in our perfection, but in our ordinariness. And somehow they see the beauty of God's love in us, through us, and sometimes despite ourselves. The love of God is the redeeming work that he has done in our hearts and our relationships, and that is beautiful. And that is what leaks out of our containers over time. God's love leaks out of us in those places that we consider weak or broken or damaged. That's where God uses his love to shine through our imperfections. People get to see God in the midst of and despite our circumstances. And in the way, he gets the credit for it, and that's as it should be. So Paul concludes this clay metaphor. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is unseen, what, not on what is seen, but what is unseen, not what it is temporary, but what is eternal. We can't see all the work that God is doing through the circumstances of our lives. We often judge as the world does and see only the ordinariness of our clay pots. But God sees us as beautiful and useful vessels to carry around his treasure. In similar ways that the moms see their children as worthy of love and respect and cherishing, the ordinariness and even the mistakes, the chips and the cracks are beautiful and God wants his love to leak out. He wants the darkness and the cracks of our lives to reveal his light and his love to those around us. So, I have been where you are, sitting, listening to a Christian speaker tell you this kind of thing, that it will get better, and it, even if it's not in this life, at least in the next. And probably, like some of you, that doesn't feel especially helpful or comforting. It feels a little Pollyanna-ish 
and maybe a little falsely positive. The relationship struggles and the money pressures and the hurts from the past stay with us and they are real and they're pressing. Relationships strain, people get sick, and some, unfortunately, pass away. The glory that outweighs them all that Paul spoke of, that Paul talks about, is not an only-when-we-get-to-heaven thing. It's a day-by-day, renewing thing. And that's the key to the end of this passage. God doesn't promise us stress-free, perfect lives. He promises something even greater. He promises to be with us through it all. Because if we stay with the clay pot container metaphor, he is the one who made us. Remember, he is the potter and we are the clay. And he sustains us. It's like no matter what leaks out of the cracks and broken places of our container, God keeps refilling it so that we never run out. It's like a mom's love. It never runs out. It keeps being replenished. He still has more love and grace, no matter where we are. I have confidence that God is going to fill those empty and broken places in me with his unconditional love and grace. And I know he is willing and wanting to do that for you as well. Faith and love, the kind that moms have for us, is just a glimpse of what God has for us. And it thrives under pressure, and it's the kind of love that doesn't have all the answers, but the kind of love that says, I am with you and I believe in you no matter what. So, try to see yourself and those around you the way their moms see them, as wonderful, beautiful, and valuable. That's a small shadow of how God sees you. So I hope, like me, that you can see that an ordinary clay pot can be one of the most beautiful containers for God's love. I don't mind being an ordinary clay pot if God can use me to demonstrate his love and grace. Amen.